This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now. Earth is nothing but obstacles, actually, from the point of view of heaven. It's just a clump of obstacles. But from the point of view of joining heaven and earth, it's a clump of obstacles that actually can be manifested as opportunities for joining heaven and earth. Spiritual and mystical suggest something rarefied, otherworldly, and loftily religious. Opposed to an ordinary material life which is simply practical and commonplace. The whole point is to show the fallacy of this opposition. To show that the spiritual is not to be separated from the material, nor the wonderful from the ordinary. We are opening today's podcast with a quote from Alan Watts's This Is It and other essays on Zen and spiritual experience. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Creativity and Spirituality and Making a Buck podcast with David Nickturn on the Be Here Now Network. My name is Michael Cammers, your host and monologist. On behalf of all of us at Be Here Now and Dharma Moon, we sincerely hope this podcast finds you as well as can be, and we are grateful that you are joining us. Here at CSM, our guide David Nickturn discusses how to lead an integrated life involving spiritual practice, creative expression, and right livelihood with guests who embody and manifest these principles in their own life. Occasionally, however, we release podcasts of David giving a Dharma talk sans guest, and this episode falls under that category. The theme of this excerpt is one we hold dear in our community, the principle of joining heaven and earth mindfully with humanity. I will quote David's book that this podcast is named after to set the table. But first, friendly reminder that Creativity, Spirituality, and Making a Buck is available wherever books are sold. And if you buy the book, you should do the journaling workbook. It's really, really good. Okay, and I quote, Heaven represents opening our minds, expanding our horizons, and envisioning possibilities. Earth represents being practical, grounded, and mastering all the tiny details of life. When heaven and earth are joined or synchronized, we can experience harmony and prosperity. This talk is an excerpt from the business module of our Dharma Moon 100-hour mindfulness meditation teacher training program. And coincidentally, registration is currently open for our spring 2023 100-hour mindfulness meditation teacher training. Are you interested in deepening your practice and understanding of meditation, all while expanding your ability to communicate and be present in interactions with individuals and groups? Then you may want to check out our program 
And if you'd like to find out more, we have a free online info session open to the public coming up on August 22nd, 2023 on the Zoom platform at 6 p.m. Eastern. If you are unavailable during that window, you can sign up and watch the video after. And we are very fortunate to have the esteemed Buddhist scholar Robert A.F. Thurman joining David Nickturn and members of our teaching staff. As part of the info session, David and Robert will be discussing meditation and the role of the teacher. We will also be laying out the curriculum and answering questions. Questions about programming can also be emailed to programs at dharmamoon.com, so we encourage you to head over to dharmamoon.com to sign up and check the program out. Also, okay, like I get it, maybe you want to deepen your understanding and practice but don't want to teach or have the budget for 100-hour training, then just sign up for level one of the training. Mindfulness and the Path of Meditation. David David lovingly refers to it as the Tour of Buddha Land. You and the group will receive instruction in mindfulness, awareness, loving kindness, and analytical meditation in a well-managed container with great teachers and a great community. Okay, that's probably enough of the hard sell there, so please join us. And once you are done checking out dharmamoon.com, please head over to BeHereNowNetwork.com where you can dive into their amazing offerings of many, many podcasts. A deep well of the world's wisdom traditions in the podcast format. Thank you, Be Here Now, for your work continuing Ram Dass's legacy and for spreading the Dharma. Okay, folks, that's about it for the intro. If you like these podcasts of David's Dharma Talks, you can also check out episode number 33 on the Three Marks of Existence and the unnumbered episode that's entitled Settling into Practice for more of David giving talks. And now, on with the pod. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, welcome. So, um, we should share that great emoji that Britt sent earlier. So cool. So, um, this is our last day and also um, the first day of the rest of our lives. So um, pivot point. And how did yesterday afternoon go? How, how, how were the uh, modules yesterday? Any thoughts that up, down, sideways? Good, helpful? Yeah. So what we're doing is shifting into the granular aspect moving forward um, that I'm going to try to frame out from the perspective of a big picture, uh, how to, how to go forward. Um, And then Seth Friedman, who's our marketing director is going to fill in some of the middle and earth elements of what we're talking about. Um, But in, in a nutshell, there's some kind of vision, you know, that accompanies us in our life, right? Some kind of vision. And I mean, obviously, the original notion of vision is you see what's right in front of you. That That's a good way to start. <laughs> if you're on a vision quest, you might want to just start by looking and seeing what's actually right in front of you and around you. But then you you kind of elevate in a sense and you go to what you might call the 500 foot or the 1,000 foot level, the 2,000 foot, 5,000 foot level to see the whole picture. And this is a notion of 
heaven and earth that is a very uh, powerful way of framing out uh, your journey. And it's very traditional. It's very ancient, actually. So the idea of heaven and earth has actually accompanied humans. It's almost our, uh, if, if we were a sandwich, uh, each one of us, we'd be the inner part, you know, the uh, Vegemite or the meat or, or, or whatever. And each slice of bread, one would be heaven, one would be earth. And so we're taking our individual journey and we're trying to uh, align it with heaven and align it with earth. And this is called joining heaven and earth. So I talk about this quite a bit in my book, and I'm going to just flat out recommend that you get the book and read or listen to it, the audio book. Shameless uh, plug here called Creativity, Spirituality, and Making a Buck. And you'll find it has a lot of correlation with what we've been talking about here in terms of uh, achieving some kind of internal alignment with your state of mind, but also then how do you manifest that outward and going forward uh, so that your life, your inner and your outer life um, become tuned and aligned uh and that's what's called harmony in in uh in this sense so harmonizing heaven and earth would be another way of saying it and in the classical japanese um flower arranging for example or you know traditional forms uh there's the third um element to joining heaven and earth which is called humanity um heaven earth and humanity people so in this classic paradigm, the role of humanity, of us, is to join heaven and earth. Isn't that cool? It's so simple in a way. So, um, and you could use that as a, a gyroscope for your whole existence. You could use it as a gyroscope for cultural settings, for families, for communities, uh, for businesses, for a band, uh, for a creative project. So simply put, I mean, we're just going to do a quick look at it today. Um, the notion of heaven is uh, unobstructed. So a lot of times we think about obstructions first. Have you ever noticed that when you think about a project, you think, oh, no, I don't have enough money, or I don't have the right people, or I don't have this, I don't have that. But in the heaven perspective, there are no obstacles whatsoever. Uh, so you could say it's um, equatable to the realm of mind. And if you look at the nature of mind, it's completely unobstructed. It's formed into habits and patterns that we follow. But, but in its truest nature, it's unobstructed. You, right? You could imagine anything right now, couldn't you? If I said just uh, visualize the Golden Gate Bridge, you're there. There's no plane tickets. There's no... Um, uh, schedules. It's, it's sort of instantaneous uh, connection with something in a very pure way. And in a similar way, you can at times tune into that principle, which is kind of unfabricated mind. That's how we're tuning into it with meditation, the part where you're just, your mind is open and clear uh, and just present. And there's no need whatsoever for anything to manifest at that level. That's why there's no obstacles. It's pure imagination. So, for example, I know if I met with each one of you individually and we went, we took a little trip to heaven together, uh, you would say, I'd say, what is your heaven? What would you, where would you like to be? What would you like to be doing? You know, gee, I'd like to have a 
family with nine kids living in the, uh, you know, uh, Blue Ridge Mountains and organic farming, you know. Okay. Uh, I'd like to be running a company. I'd like to be doing a three-year retreat in the next 10 years. Uh, I would like to have the poetry, which I secretly write and only show two or three of my best friends, published and broadly available to people. Um, I'd like to develop a cure for leukemia. I'm a doctor. Um, I'd like to help people. I'd like to support um, people's growth and, and uh, evolution. I'd like to feel better physically. I'd like to be healthier. Um, I'd like to um, be more patient. Anything. And we, short, we, we short sheet us. This is something we used to do at camp. When I went to camp, you would fold up the bottom sheet so that when the kid got into the bed, the bed it, their legs couldn't go in. That's called short sheeting. We short sheet ourselves all the time. We cut, our, we cut ourselves short. But in heaven, there's no short sheets. In fact, there are no sheets. Uh, so there's a sense of expanse and vitality. And uh, you could say um, uh, limitless possibility. So when you think that, uh, as I'm saying that, some part of you is going to go, oh, ah, wow, I'm free. And the other part's going to go, I don't know. I can't do it. You know, I've got this obstacle, that obstacle. You're going to just jump right to the thing. So we're going to try to, this morning, spend some time in the middle. And that's called being a human being, where you take that sense of vision and possibility, and now you bring it down to the earth. And the earth, heaven is unobstructed and kind of vast, and earth is completely meticulous and uh, detail-oriented. I mean, the word granular, I find myself using it a lot these days. Earth is granular. There's, um, you know, you have, uh, you want to do a flower arrangement with roses and you prick your finger on the thorns. That's the earth talking to you. Oh, you weren't mindful enough. You didn't take the whole thing into account. You were too dreamy, too, too idealistic. Too fantastic. You know, you have a business and it's going great. Everything's great. Everything's great. And then your accountant comes in and you look at the bottom line together and your accountant is earth and says, we got a problem. Tax season is coming up and we didn't shelter enough money uh, from this. And you're about to get clobbered, you know. Uh, yeah, your, your nine kids in your um, Blue Ridge Mountain, they all need to be fed. <laughs> You know, and, and uh, every, every parent knows Earth. If you want a quick study on Earth, uh, either, well, you can either take on some human children or you could take some animal children in, you know. Uh, your dog, you know, everybody knows a dog is Earth, right? Cats are Earth. Um, so your vision is tempered by this sense of uh, extreme fungibility, practicality, uh, detail. Uh, obstacles. Earth is nothing but obstacles, actually, from the point of view of heaven. It's just a clump of obstacles. But from the point of view of joining heaven and earth, it's a clump of obstacles that actually can be manifested as opportunities for joining heaven and earth. So if you look at organizations, this is a really 
powerful way to look at, you know, putting something together. Most organizations have too much heaven or too much earth. They, and, and the sign of it is, or you can look at your life, by the way, since we're just a group of folks here processing and trying to develop our own lives. You look at your life and you say, um, yeah, I had this great vision, you know, for this, for something. And now here it is 20 years later and I'm like, you know, working in an office, um, you know, uh, as an executive assistant, but I really wanted to be a playwright, you know. I bet if we went around the room and, and everybody had to say, in fact, I'd love to do this sometime, and we will do it sometime in our creativity, spirituality, and making a buck workshops. Um, go around and say, okay, let's each person quickly say their heaven and their earth. Here's what I really wish, you know, in an expansive way, and here's what's manifesting for me. So this is an, a, an ancient paradigm. It's a beautiful paradigm. Uh, and the notion of, of human, the role of humans in this paradigm, you can, mission impossible, you can choose to accept this or not. You can go like, no, nah, nah, I don't buy into this. I, I'm just trying to get by, you know, I just want to get, I had a friend who wants to get to retirement age so they can do whatever, you know, just getting by day by day. Um, you know, but if you have any sense left in you of aspiration, soaring eagle aspiration and you have any gas left in the tank some juice and there's ways to put gas in the tank by the way everybody there's ways to get juice you're still working on this equation you're still working on it right now today tomorrow this week how am i going to take this course with uh, two young children there's heaven and earth right there. And we see the cats and the dogs and the kids wandering in and out of your Zoom spaces. And um, so our heaven and Dharma Moon is trying to leave a lot of room for earth. We don't want to create some idealized spiritual universe, which is immaculate and pure and perfect, but there's no people in it. There's no animals in it. There's no uh, cities in it. There's no governments in it. There's no um, challenge in it. So the principle that we're following is called the path of the warrior. And if you want to, I'd recommend this book by uh, Chogyam Trungpa called Shambhala, the Sacred Path of the Warrior. This vision is very old, you know, and it's just, this is just one iteration of it in which uh, we rise to the challenge. We meet the challenge of living rather than shrinking from it and rather than trying to conquer it. We meet it. We accept the auspiciousness of the circumstances that are presented to us. We don't wish we were in another time or place. That's more idealistic. Um, we appreciate and respect other people on the path. We try to help them. We try to encounter our fear as an opportunity to develop fearlessness, bravery. We try to be gentle and soulful in how we work with other people. Um, and we're curious about the whole thing. So you could say that the warrior path is, um, is not about uh, being a, a, a Navy SEAL necessarily, but it's about being fearless, gentle, and curious as you encounter situation after situation 
and an attempt to join whatever your best aspiration is with the actual practicality of your uh, worldly existence. That's a great way to live, in my humble opinion. Or IMHO, as they would say, right? IMHO, my humble opinion. So um, this comes down to um, where we are at this moment with our program here is we've introduced one of the primary tools for joining heaven and earth, which is mindfulness meditation. So like if you are going to be some kind of brave individual, you need this tool in your toolbox. Because if we go off without that, it becomes very heady. We have not tamed our clashes, our, our neurotic habitual patterns in any way, shape, or form. And we just will go out and, and kind of spread our projections onto the world and create a toxic situation in our world, which is a mirror image of the <laughs> qualities that are manifesting in our own mind. And this happens eternally uh, over and over and over again. That's what's called samstara. We just recreate uh, a neurotic situation based on the fact that we forgot to meditate, basically. Oops. <laughs> so what is meditation? Mindfulness is a neutral zone in which you can drop or let fall away everything. So I recommend that you do not look at your mindfulness practice as a gaining thing, even though, to be honest, we present it partly that way because of the culture we live in, which people want something. They, they want something for their, what they put in, you know. So, of course, we say clarity, strength, and stability. That's actually traditional Buddhist logic for shamatha meditation. And you should be getting a little bit more settled. Has anybody noticed that four months after four months, this is a little bit of a kind of quality of settling or, or less reactivity on the fly and, and meeting the situation with a little more equanimity? Just a little shard of it. <clears throat> but another way to approach it is we're not trying to do anything in particular. And it says human being, you know, right in the title. Like in the movie business, we look at what's in the title and above the title. You know, that's got a lot of clout. Human being. It doesn't say human doing. <laughs> so if you're going to be a human being, some of the time you just have to be. And if you be properly, it will clarify the doing. Um, if you do without being, um, you probably are likely to recreate familiar patterns. If you be for some part of the time, the mind can settle into its own natural wisdom and um, awareness. <clears throat> so here's the deal. All this is pretty well spelled out in my book. Um, I want to share this thought with some of you because now most of the time I get to be the oldest person in the room, which is kind of a cool perspective, you know? Uh, so I get to share 
whatever experiences I had personally that were seminal and profound or at least relevant. And I don't want to lay them on anybody. And I'm a big student, as you know, of the current zeitgeist. I'm surrounded by people who are in a slightly altered zeitgeist from the one I came up in. Although there are similarities, there's an interest in freedom of expression, personal identification, being liberated from kind of, you know, the norm and so forth. <clears throat> but certain familiar things keep happening. I don't know about you, but you keep ending up in relationships with people. Does that happen to you? You know, you end up in relationships with people. You end up trying to figure out your livelihood equation. No? How are you going to pay the rent? You end up trying to figure, you know, feel your creative juice, expression. Is there any room for that in my life? Or, um, you know, I went to a, a gig last night in, in uh, this place called Stephen Talkhouse. And this really soulful uh, woman, singer named Nancy Atkins. And she was just saying, look, you just got to understand something. I got three kids. <laughs> I got you know, I'm, I'm tough, I'm rough and I'm here and I'm telling you about it. And the amount of juice that came out of that amount of earth that she was presenting soared. It was interesting at times it really soared. So we're, you know, ending up our study of um, introductory study of mindfulness meditation. We want to get, I want to get people on the path. If you, Ask me what I've spent a fair amount of my energy in a life doing. Um, it's just nudging people onto some kind of path or recognition of journey. And um, that's the way I've expressed my love and affection for life. Because people are like plants. And if you water them and prune them, it's, it, they grow in a good way. So this is, I think, probably we all share this aspiration. Is we're, I don't know anybody here who's not here with the ultimate motivation of trying to help other people in some way, support other people's growth. <clears throat> and this tool is like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to teach somebody to garden, the first tool you give them is a spade so they can turn over the earth, right? So they can turn it over, see what's there liberate the possibilities and the mindfulness meditation is the best tool i personally have ever experienced including all the modalities that are out there to transformation and you know um as far as i'm concerned they're all good but the best foundational tool is for you to sit and be with yourself for a while and get to know yourself without any agenda whatsoever and just be a human being. Then everything can be, you know, compounded on top of that. So our agenda today is, um, I'm going to give it over to Seth in a little while, and then we'll have some time for Q&A at the end. Our agenda for today is to take this moment in time where we've put this tool into our toolkit. Uh, we're starting to recognize the power of it for ourselves. You will soon or you have already started to share that with people. Um, you'll see if it's, you know, in, the, in doing that, you'll, you'll get a sense of the worthwhileness of it. 
um, and uh, the wholesomeness of it. It's a very wholesome kind of practice. <clears throat> and then you may want to do more with that, you know? So our, our training and our co community in general is very oriented towards allowing people to train and then go back out into the field, come back and train, go back out into the field, train, go back out into the field. That's the rhythm of it. We're not trying to pluck people from the worldly life and show them that it's useless and hopeless and just go ahead and become a, a renunciate. That's just not our path. That is some people's path and it's fine. You could argue to some extent it was Buddhist path, which is a little bit of a conundrum for some people. He walked out the door on his wife and kid. My son Ethan says, by some standards, he was a deadbeat dad. He should have been paying alimony. <laughs> you know, so looking at how much time do we spend pulling back so that we can straighten out our side of the street, and then we re-engage. So, for example, one of the great Masters I ever met was Dilgo Kensei Rinpoche, who was Trungpa Rinpoche's teacher and many other people's teacher. And he was in a cave for 15 years. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine that now? Like one of you says, I'm going into the cave. First of all, do any of you know where there are caves? <laughs> you have to find a cave first. You know, you have to find somebody to bring you some kind of rice or barley or something. You know, that's, that would probably be pretty easy. And then you would just do intensive meditation practice for 15 years. But guess what? At the end of it, he came out and he was one of the most influential teachers. Uh, I'm, first thought, best thought, I'm thinking in the universe because everybody respects this person. It's, um, and I think if you looked at a picture of him, you would just say, what is that guy having? I'm going to, what did he have for breakfast? Because that's what I want to eat for breakfast, you know? So, but he came out of the cave, you know? And, and then, from the accounts I heard, he just was, um, you know, Tibet was kind of kaput at that point. He went to Bhutan and just was sitting under a tree teaching anybody who would come along. And then he became the advisor to the king and queen of Bhutan, uh, counseled many of the high lamas of our age, you know. So there's a certain organic quality going in and out of the cave. And a metaphor of us doing our practice, you know, and being very still, very quiet and not worrying about fixing anything. And then we go forth and we go, we re-engage. So at this point, heaven and earth, what we have as a vision in heaven form begins to descend, drop, like a plane dropping its landing wheels. And you, the rubber starts to hit the road. What do you want to do with this? And then there's, the vision transforms into a potential project. And then you, only then do you become involved with strategy, tactics, um, you know, management type issues. And so that's a very powerful thing. And in my book, I say, it's a very simple moment in a way when you cook up a project. I just advise you to think of it this way. Is it going to be your livelihood or is it just something for the heart or for the soul or for fun? And now 
everybody who wants to do it for fun and for heart and soul, you go to one side of the room. If this is going to be in any way influencing your livelihood, now we have a whole nother conversation to have. How are you going to do it? How are you going to manifest this? That is the next part of the discussion and also the next chapter in the book. So if you'd like to tune in, uh, pick up the book, sign up for the MMTT, we would love to have you. Also at the end here, I would like to acknowledge that this podcast has the most shameless plugs of any podcast we've ever done. We appreciate you hanging in. And also it's a free podcast, you know, Um, and there's lots of great information and discussions here. And we hope that they enrich your life and benefit you and all of those that you come into contact with and that you enjoy this podcast as much as we enjoy making it. So thank you very much for listening. We'd also like to thank Corey and everyone at Be Here Now for all their hard work helping us get this podcast out. We are grateful to be a part of the Be Here Now Network. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us an 11 thumbs up on whatever app you are listening to us on and uh, you know leave a positive comment. Share on the socials, tell your friends. These kind of things help us spread the word. Also, if you have any suggestions for guests or a conversation for David and I to have, please reach out and let me know and say hello. You can reach me at K at dharmamoon.com. And I'm very excited that um, conditions in my life have gotten back to the place where we are trying to get the podcast back on a regular release schedule. I had a disruption in my life earlier this year, and I've been caretaking for a very special loved one who is doing well again. Thank you, universe. So stay tuned, stick around, keep an ear out, and we hope to bring many more great conversations to you in the upcoming years. May you be safe healthy, happy, and at ease. All the best. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now.